my name is Mr. Long. And I'm Mr. Buck. And this is The Invisible Hand, a podcast about economics for all you students at F.L. Schlegel. Welcome to the news. (laughs) There he is. Yeah, it's the news section of the podcast. Long, how you doing? Uh, It's pretty windy outside. I'm doing great, though. How are you? Yeah. Did you see it Good, man. Uh, Is it raining? No. Oh, no. (laughs) Just making sure you were still sane. Oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm struggling, to be honest, this week. (laughs) You're in a wind tunnel right now. I am. Uh, I'll walk backwards. My neighbors might (laughs) think I'm a little weird, but... That's okay. That's all right. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's jump into the news because this week we got a ton of stuff going on. Oh my goodness! Are you actively flying a plane? <laughs> the, the good news, everyone, is that I survived my jump. Um, <laughs> the uh, the even better news is all the news for this week is very happy. That's a lie. He's lying, and that is a lie. so let's just jump in there's some stuff happening man in government and we'll get to as many as we can it's kind of a heavy week with a lot of news stories that hit a bunch of different positions but let's just start at the top here this happened literally right after we recorded last week's news section and i was like man the stuff happens right when we get done so who knows what's going to happen tonight but uh first thing is the fbi on thursday of last week um foiled a plot by the far right by a far right militia group in Michigan to uh kidnap uh storm the capital of Michigan kidnap the governor of Michigan her name's Gretchen Whitmer and try her for treason in the capital and then presumably murder her and the FBI caught all these guys uh who were trying to essentially start a civil war <laughs> yep um and i mean it goes without saying this is a far-right militia group so uh these are all how do you how would you describe these people long uh well they're all white they're all men yeah there's eight photos of them that i've seen and when you look at the eight photos side by side on google images it kind of looks like the transgression of like the first time you did hard drugs to the last time you did hard drugs. <laughs> like one of those pictures? I saw a yeah. meme of that. And uh, I know that's, you know, drug abuse isn't funny, uh, but I thought but it was pretty funny. But, but we can make fun of these guys. Yeah, because so, they're terrorists. Because they are, they, that's a terrorist organization. That's an American-bred terrorist organization. Uh, and uh, they tried to kidnap the governor, like I said, and, and, and murder her, right? And the FBI essentially stopped this from happening. Um, now, we think, I, I think the last I heard, there were 16 people involved. Um, they, 
only show eight people, I think, is the, the number that you can see their, their, their pictures online. And I think presumably because the rest of them are probably underage. Not even 18 years old. That's right. Which is so scary to me. Yeah. To think that there's these people who are under 18 who are essentially or joining American terrorist organizations. Yep. These far right American terrorist organizations. If you're under the age of 18, folks, if you're unaware, um, the government will not provide will not leak your identity out if you've committed a crime right um, to protect you basically until you turn 18 and then yeah and then yeah. they won't and then they'll put your face on everything <laughs> right and so that that's the first story um th- i think the good news to take away from this is as much as it seems like this stuff is happening everywhere everywhere it's a good thing i think that the fbi stepped in which, which, which tells me that the FBI is keeping tabs on these right-wing terrorist organizations. Yes, which our president uh, has not condemned and not said bad things about. He said there's good people on both sides of the line, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the FBI, Homeland Security, that's still happening, folks. Yeah. So Thank the- God. Yeah, so that, that's the first story. And, then, and we'll kind of try to – maybe we'll try to do this in order of what happened during the week. That might um, – kind of give some some structure to the news for the week the second thing is this um did you want to get into the 25th amendment discussions or yeah kind of a small side story i mean we talked about this last week um trump is still recovering from covid uh currently has it i suppose maybe he's getting on the backside. i'm not a doctor uh but there's been discussions, especially last week, the House Democrats, House of Representatives Democrats, of, of trying to bring forth the 25th Amendment as a reason to impeach the president. Again. Yes. And the 25th Amendment basically states if the president is not in the right mind. That yeah, if he's not in his in charge. Right. Yeah, if he's not in his right mind, then we can remove the president from office through impeachment, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they've been saying that he, he's on this medicine. I forget what the name of it is. Yeah, it's an experimental it, steroid. Right, right, to try to combat COVID. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, not, uh, not FDA approved. Uh, not, not something that people should take until where there's more research done on it. He insisted. And uh, it's kind of an example of why they are concerned that he may not be in his right mind. He, that President Trump decided... That when he left the hospital, they, they didn't let him do this, but he wanted to wear a Superman T-shirt underneath his suit. So when he came out, he could go up to his followers and take his buttons of his shirt off and make it look like he was Superman. <laughs> right. And that's just one example. You can go back and look at a lot of his tweets. I heard he was trying to get Bill Barr to arrest Obama and Biden. He was asking the attorney general of America to arrest the former president and uh, his 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 um, rival, I suppose, running for president for who knows what. There was not really a reason why he just wanted Bill Barr to do it. Um, and Bill, Bar- Bill Barr wouldn't do it. And he got all mad at Bill Barr, the attorney general, for not arresting these people for no reason. Superman. Superman. <laughs> so that's so that's. The discussion about the twenty. Sorry, I'm going on another jump, kids. <laughs> my understanding is it's um, my understanding is that discussion has uh, died down a little bit as he's come down from COVID, but but that was happening last week, 
And then we get to the real big news, kind of probably like the headline stuff this week has to do with um, the Senate confirmation of Trump's appointed uh, Supreme Court Justice, Amy, Amy Comey Barrett. Yes. Um, Controversial figure to be elected as the new Supreme Court Justice for her stance right. specifically on many issues involving women's rights. Right. And if you've been in my class, you've probably you've seen a little bit of this in my American government classes, because this is the big news coming out of government right now. And we talked about it in American government. If you're in that class as well, where the president gets to pick who he wants to be the next Supreme Court justice, the Senate gets to approve them. And so all this week, I think they're on day four as I speak. Uh, they've been going through that approvement process, which essentially means senators get up and ask her a bunch of questions and see if they want to put her in the position of the job. And there's been some takeaways that have come out about this, kind of just asking them their opinions. This is what they always do. Give us your opinion on this event or that situation, right? And I'm going to kind of rapid fire some of these, and I'll get your reaction long to what she said to some things. Okay. Sound like a plan? I'll give you the most authentic reaction I can. I will throw all the stoicism away. And I will (laughs) exclaim greatly. Okay. Um, So at one point, a senator asked her, um, do you believe that the president has the authority to delay an election? Would you say that a president giving times of great duress has the authority to say the election can't happen yet? And she refused to answer. Now here's my response. What? You can't do that. <laughs> okay, so so seriously though, um, if the president has power to delay an election, then the president probably has too much power. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, okay, there you the, go. The, That's the a pretty reasonable powers that we, we we discussed, right? Or that we're discussing this week or whatever. If you're in government, yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 That's that's. President shouldn't have the power to say, oh, no, I'm going to continue to be president. Right. So that's the first thing. Let's continue. We're not done. Um, they, they also talked to her about climate change and what's happening with California, literally burning off the map. What's happening with uh, India flooding? What's happening with Vietnam flooding? And uh, what's happening with these 85 degree days we're having in the middle of October, right? Uh, and she came out as... She didn't say she doesn't believe in climate change, but she said she can't say that it's real and she can't say that it's not real. So what you're telling me is that this judge, the Supreme Court justice, does not believe in science. Essentially, right. An appointee says that she can't trust what the scientists are saying about uh, about climate change. Well, that sure is disturbing to me. I'm afraid of that. And uh <laughs> Yeah. So we're not done. Here's the next one. All right, let's go rapid fire. Um, Another thing that's come out uh, during this um, and go back, please look up the transcripts, see the specifics. I'm giving you a summary of what was said. Um, She was asked at one point if a president can pardon themselves from crimes and she refuses. She refused to provide a yes or no answer to it about whether or not the president should be allowed to pardon themselves from crime. Here is Mr. Long's response. (laughs) okay did you hear that that's an interesting one yeah i heard it (laughs) um that to me is is uh ooh, that's a big no-no uh so 
the president, if the president commits a crime, students, they're they're not necessarily going to just go straight to to jail, and they're not going to go to like a jail that's got a whole bunch of other criminals. They're going to go to a, a federal prison, which is going to yeah. be uh, a very different experience than a state penitentiary. And mm-hmm. like you know, if the president commits a crime, should the president be able to forgive themselves so that they do not have to, uh, you know, go to go to jail, go to the penalty box? Um, <laughs> for that crime, let's just say hypothetically. Okay, hypothetically, the president <laughs> commits murder. Then the president would have the power to make it so the president wouldn't have to go to jail. Yeah, that's essential. And she and so she didn't say she agrees with that, but she didn't say she disagreed. She didn't with say that she disagreed. Is and sometimes not saying something uh, speaks a lot to to what you stand <laughs> sure. for. Um, students, that's a bad thing for our Supreme (laughs) Court justice to not want to have a strong statement about upholding the law to (laughs) everyone, including the president. I don't know if saying (laughs) this slowly is, is telling you I got it, but, um, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one last thing. Get ready. Okay. Here's the next two. These are just the more recent ones. Um, they also asked her her stance on legal precedent um, regarding two things. Cause an American government, we've talked a little bit about how the judicial branch has this idea of precedence, meaning decisions that were made are upheld over time. Right. It's a very complicated thing. Law is hard, right? Judicial branch is hard. But they asked her her stance on maintaining the law, the precedent in America that, one, the Supreme Court decided a couple of years ago that same-sex marriage is legal in this country, and two, uh, that women are allowed to have access to birth control in this country. And they asked her her stance on that, and she refused to say that she agrees that we should maintain same-sex marriage in this country, as well as refused to say that we should allow women to have birth control in this country. Again, not a denial, not an affirmation. No, do it again. I cut you off. <laughs> okay, so... I feel like I'm watching ESPN. Let me respond to that. As a man who identifies as a man, uses the pronouns he, him. Sure, sure. My opinion on what women do with their bodies, I don't think it should really matter. Because I will never have a woman's body. I right. will never know what that is like. I'll never right. know it. Um, so my own belief and my own uh, difference, my own view of that uh, is, is kind of different. But I'll say this. I find it a little shocking that this um, woman who identifies as a female is against the rights that women have fought for for a very long time now. 200 years? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, find, I find that shocking. Um, and the other topic, I have a, a dog in the fight. I actually have two. And they're not dogs. They're my brothers. Uh, so <laughs> sure. Both of my younger brothers are homosexual. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and it's actually very common for fraternal twins to share gender identities and sexual preferences. No right? kidding. I didn't know that. 
it's it's look at the band Tegan and Sarah. I know Tegan and Sarah. It's uh, kind of interesting if you look at the um, uh, the uh, sisters that directed the Matrix. No kidding, huh? Huh? with their partner and they are not allowed to be married their partner will not receive anything yeah and there's a bunch of tax breaks and stuff you get for marriage as well so many benefits to being legally married in this country right and taking that right and those legal benefits and economic benefits away i believe is completely immoral and it takes freedoms away from people that deserve the same freedoms as everyone else, regardless of how they identify and their sexual preference. Right. And well, so the interesting thing to bring it back to the Supreme court is they just ruled on this five years ago, four years ago, something like that. They just ruled that it was, it broke our constitution. Remember we've talked about constitutionality. It broke our constitution through judicial review that we didn't allow this in the entire country. And so four or five years ago, they decided to to allow Mm -hmm. it. It's interesting that she comes in and says, I would I, I don't think I would allow it. Now, keep in mind that when we appoint a Supreme Court justice, they're one of nine. One person don't stop the show. No. Right. One person's views don't change the entire Supreme Court, but they do have influence in the Supreme Court. And that's what this is all about. What are your influences? What which which way would you lean when it came to decisions? Yeah. Yes. Right. And so. The, the process that they're going through right now, the, the president picks, the Senate uh, uh, confirms. Um, we'll see if it gets done in time, to be honest, because no one's ever uh, – the, the process is supposed to take six weeks, and they're getting it done in like two or three. Yep. Because there's an election coming yep. up, and so we'll see what so, changes. I actually well, – I was just going to say – Go ahead. It, go ahead. Is it a partisan issue? It's not supposed to be. It isn't. Especially in the Supreme Court. Supreme Court is supposed to be neutral. Yes, it's not supposed to be a partisan issue dealing with political parties, Republicans and Democrats. It is. It's become that. Yeah. 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 Yep. And so actually, since we're speaking about elections, we can kind of transition to another little bit of news that's coming out at the same time. Obviously, a lot of senators, a lot of representatives and the president are obviously going through this process of trying to get elected into office. And we do have some news coming out about that as well. Um, The the first one is, who would you like to start talking with? Would you like to start in the Senate or the executive branch, the legislative or the executive branch? Let's talk about the legislative. So, okay. The uh, head of the Senate, um, a guy named Mitch McConnell, he's kind of Trump's buddy in the Senate, and he's the one that runs the Senate, essentially. Um. He is up for re-election right now. He's from the state of Kentucky. He's one of the two senators that, that Kentucky gets. And he's up for re-election. And he's, he's facing a, uh, a competitor. He's facing someone on the ballot um, who, who's running against him in a woman, a Democrat. He's obviously Republican. It, it, her name's Amy McGrath. And the people of Kentucky are going to get to vote whether they want Mitch McConnell to stay in or whether they, they want to put uh, uh, Amy McGrath in there. And just this week, 
they had a, a state debate. It wasn't a big fancy one. This was one probably aired for the state of Kentucky because they're the ones who get to vote. Um, and Mitch McConnell was being asked a couple questions. And there's two big things that came out as news. The first one was this. Amy McGrath accused the Senate of not helping Americans during COVID, yeah. right? Because instead of, instead of passing another stimulus bill, like they were talking about, if you remember the news about three weeks back, we were talking about that. Instead of passing that stimulus bill, the Senate just decided to go on vacation, to go on recess for about yep. a month. So while Americans were losing their jobs, getting sick with COVID, getting kicked out of their houses, this was before they passed the, uh, the moratorium on evictions, uh, they decided to go on leave. And Long, do you want to say what he decided to do when she accused him of not helping Americans during this? He laughed. Yeah, his response was he just laughed into the camera and didn't answer. <laughs> that was it. That was his response. His response was, why, why haven't head... you helped Americans? You haven't come up with a plan to help Americans who are suffering from COVID-19. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was his response. Uh, and Kentuckians, you know, they make their decision in a couple of weeks. But that was his first response. The second response, and this was just kind of, this is kind of debate. This is a debate no-no. <laughs> Whenever you do essentially what no, he did. No. If you, uh, yeah, if you, um, if you take a debate class, this is a no-no in debate. Uh, he, um he was presenting why he's a better alternative than McGrath. It's a debate. And he said, well, my opponent really doesn't have a platform. She's not bringing anything new to the table. The only thing she's bringing to the table is that she's a Democrat. She's a woman. And that I've been in office too long. And that's what she's trying to do to win this election. And uh, her response was, and this is why this is a no, no. Her response was it gave her a perfect opportunity to outline her, her platform. She said, uh, Mr. Senator, you've been in the Senate for 36 years. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a debate no-no because he opened himself up for her to, uh, to prove her yep. point. You never want to leave your person a chance to prove their point. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people were suddenly shocked to hear that in words. 36 years yep. as a senator is insane. That's so that's six different elections he's won. Six years, yeah, I mean, or, or thirty-six years. That's and, insane. That is such a long. And that means time. that means he was put into office in the Senate in nineteen eighty-four. My dad had not graduated high school yet. Right, I was negative five, dude. I wasn't yeah. born yet, and he's still been in control. Of I the was Senate. negative. He nine. wasn't the head of the Senate, but he was still in control. Yeah, yeah. Good lord. Um, my parents, my, my parents were still in college as well. Yep. Uh, so, so that's kind of the big news coming out of the Senate, especially with Mitch McConnell. We'll see what happens because his election is going to be an interesting one to see if he gets put back into office or not. Um, so do you want to hear the executive branch? Let's news? hear it. Two pieces of the executive branch. Um, the first one is the president is back on the campaign trail. Whether or not he's fully recovered from COVID, the doctors at Walter Reed said he's good to go. Um, so take that as you will, right? Uh, but he's back on the debate trail, or the, the campaign trail, rather. And uh, this was kind of some news coming out of uh, speaking to his campaign and where he's sitting right now, right? Um, in, in a rally in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, this is a quote. Uh, 
he asked, and he was speaking to a bunch of people, he said, I ask you to do me a favor, suburban women. Will you please like me, please? Please, I saved your damn neighborhood, okay? Now, can we unpack that long? What does that mean? Well, what is he saying there? What do you hear? Reaction. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that then you fall off the cliff? Like you're running, but then when you look down, yeah, you fall. I, I don't have the sound effect pulled up for the one. <laughs> like falling, um, but uh, yeah, I don't even really have much to say about that. Um, well, so I hear this is what I, I hear two things. I, I teach politics. I'm not a political analyst, but I hear two things. One, that is desperate, dude. Yeah. That is super desperate. Remember when Jeb Bush said, please yep. clap? That's, that's a version of please clap. When nobody, when nobody is, please like me. Please oh, like poor me. Poor Jeb. I know. I do feel bad for Jeb. I really do. I mean, <laughs> he was he such was a sad, sad, sad guy up there. I feel bad sad for him. From the beginning to the end. Uh, the, I mean, that was a 2016 I didn't reference, want the y'all. guy to win, but, you know, um, personally, but, you know, I, uh, I gotta say, you just kind of feel bad for him, right? So anyway, another big takeaway I think from this: the, the desperate sounds. Um, one of the big reasons that Trump won in 2016 was because of the amount of white suburban women that voted for him. As a voting block, women who were white that lived in the suburbs really voted for Trump in a very turnout way. Yeah, right. And what we're seeing happen and take this with a grain of salt because who knows all that really matters is election night and election day but take this with a grain of salt it seems to be that that voter group white suburban women seems to be turning away from him as a candidate which is why he's up on stage pleading Um, at this point in the election uh last the last election in 2016 Hillary was ahead of Trump by 14 points. Currently, Biden is ahead of Trump by 14 points. It was projected even the night of the election that Hillary was going to win in a landslide. That didn't happen. Um, So so Biden actually has got uh, a campaign fundraiser he's doing right now for that, which is kind of interesting, I think. Um, Who the demographics of who will vote for. Trump that the best information you can get. And I used to say, rely on the polls. The polls are usually pretty accurate. I don't believe that anymore. I don't think so anymore either. I don't think so either, which is why I said, look at it after the election, that information is going to be the most accurate. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But so that's the story. Also, don't forget about the racist dog whistle at the end where he said, I saved your neighborhoods because what he's really saying was I kept your neighborhood white. And I didn't let people of color move into your neighborhood. So please vote for me. That's a racist dog whistle. I'll call it. I'll call it when I seize it. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, exciting time. Y'all, we've got like a month or so until the election truly happens. People have already started voting early, mailing in their ballots, that kind of thing. Again, if you're a senior. People are waiting in line. If you're a senior in my class or above the age of 18 registered to vote in Kansas, which I think that date would have been on the 13th, the last day to register. And you. I think the date has yeah. passed. Um, but if you're registered yeah, and have but... to show proof that you voted, which would be a sticker or something like that, I'll give you a little extra credit. So, Oh, I'll do the same yeah. thing for you, dude. 
I'll give you a whole assignment yeah. worth. I'll give you two assignments. Oh, worth. yeah. Go well, vote. I'll also and... give you two assignments worth. Should we keep doing this? If you <laughs> and... vote, you just pass government. Sure. Okay, that's not true. That's not if, happening. If you vote, you get a college degree. <laughs> we'll give you our college degrees. They'll be, they won't be <laughs> worth anything to you. <laughs> um, but one thing I should mention as we're getting closer to their actual debate or the actual election, rather, um, if you can't vote, you can make your you can take your parents. You can uh, pick up people uh, who are your friends and take them down to the polls and you can drive them or you can get them there. You can encourage them to go do it or you can talk to your friends and say, hey, aren't you voting? You haven't voted because, yeah. uh, man, we really need we really need everyone's voice in this election more than probably. We have ever. 300 million <laughs> Americans that live in this country and 100 million of them roughly vote. One in three people right. vote. Two thirds. Yeah. Don't. So you got to get out. You don't man. vote. I'm going to yep. cry. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely okay. will as well. Cry. <laughs> also, um, I mean, I love talking about U.S. news. This is a U.S. government class. We got to do it. Uh, we have two minutes, by the way, yeah, just so you know, too. Yeah, all right. Well, all before look, it cuts all us off. <laughs> I'm going to say is there's other things going on in other parts of the world. India is currently flooding along with. Um, Vietnam due to the effects Vietnam. of climate change. And there is a, yeah. a war happening between Armenia and Turkey. And there is more or less a genocide of the Armenian people, which has happened before in the last hundred years. And uh, it's not good. like the last yeah. 30 years. Or something. On top, you yeah. want your good yeah. news? Here's what I got for you. Uh, you, 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 uh, you're great. Uh, we are, you're great students. Thanks for listening. <laughs> perfect you're a great student uh come right back and we'll get into some information regarding the class all right we'll see y'all <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're back and we're back yeah there's the guy man what's up oh nothing it's friday for us um which is lovely although i don't really know what that means during covid anymore so. <laughs> true true uh well you know what we're doing this week long the barter system yeah, well, we're learning new stuff. We're starting a new unit. And the and value. Yeah, unit two, lessons yeah. one and two. We're, we're into the new stuff, and we're talking, talking about microeconomics. Microeconomics? What's that? That means small economics. Oh, so like ants? How ants spend money? I mean, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. This is just a town for ants. Okay. <laughs> um, that's a reference none of you will get. but yeah so so we're talking about microeconomics which is essentially uh small economics thinking about individual choices or an individual business's choices right Mm. um so we're moving on moving on up moving along oh well good it's about time it feels like uh (laughs) we should be way past this at this point normally 
Yeah, we usually would be. But honestly, this is where kind of the, the real economic stuff even starts. Oh, okay. Well, I think I'm ready to learn. I mean, so let's, let's just jump right in. Let's do it. Yeah. So this week, y'all, we have two lessons, just like we do every week. Uh, and the first one we're going to talk about is just kind of an intro to microeconomics. We're going to talk about the magical market. Right? Oh, magic. It's so we're magic. Talking about, we're talking about Harry Potter again. Exactly. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what this class really is. <laughs> okay, well, I'm uh, taking a look here. And uh, should we talk about Unit 1? Should we review it? Or should we just jump right into the market? I mean, everything is going to build off what we did in Unit 1, right? Oh. Because Unit 1 was all about the, the basics, setting the foundations. Unit 2... Hopefully, we're gonna we're gonna have some little some little trees growing from the little seeds that we sowed in Unit One, and that's where this stuff is gonna start. So you're gonna see choices again. You're gonna see resources. You're gonna see incentives. All that stuff comes back here. Well, let's uh, let's just jump right in then, and and let's tell them like this. This first lesson is called the magical market, and I'm looking at the first. Uh, slide and it was made in 2017 by miss weeks so i guess you have to thank <laughs> her for making this there you go yeah yeah that's exactly right well, um let me let me i'm sorry i'm gonna change that to be who actually made it uh, <laughs> so while he's doing that i'm gonna go ahead and jump us in so to start us off when we talk about a market it's just like what it sounds like it's a place where people go to exchange goods and services, right? So it's the grocery store. It's the gas station. It's the lunchroom at school. It's the city market downtown. It's the car dealership, the movie theater. Um, it's just the place where people want to sell things and people want to buy them. There's right. online markets too. There's Amazon.com. There's yep. Etsy. There's um, Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. All market. The stock, the stock market. Yeah. The market, right? Markets is, is, is kind of the, 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 the root of all of microeconomics. And we're going to be like this whole unit we really get into and talk about what is a market? How do they work? How do they function? And what makes them so darned magical? Well, I think the thing that really makes the market magical is Pokemon cards. Well, so that's the next step, right? So you're, you're probably thinking, why did Mr. Long just say that? Well, because you trade them, right? Trading mm -hmm. is the only way to get Gengar. You have to have Haunter. You have to trade him in yep. order for him to evolve. Same with Machamp. Same with yep. Alakazam. All very or... cool Pokemon. Or you just take your brother's Game Boy and you do it yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, you know, that's, uh, that's not really um, an economic example because, of course, with trade, it must be voluntary, right? Right. So, yeah. So one of the magical things that makes a market happen to start, what we're getting into is trade. In order for a market to work, you have to have trade. And like Long said, it has to be voluntary. So both sides have to agree. Yep. Yep. And it's when we give money to get a good or when we uh, use our labor to get money, right? 
like we talked about the circular flow model, that's trading. We're trading something for something else. And we do this billions of times every day. <laughs> so um, students, if you feel like this is completely obvious that trading things uh, means giving people money for, for stuff or services or whatever, and that's because it is, it is obvious. Uh, right. And the market, again, is probably a concept you're more than familiar with since you've been to markets your whole life. Yeah. Right. Um, but maybe what's, what's kind of tricky that you've not heard of is that these two things combined create something called a barter system. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to get into kind of what we have going on here today. Right. Um, the barter system is kind of how we're going to be focusing on how markets work and what it means to barter is to trade with each other with no money. Yep. Simple as that, right? Um, if you don't have money, which we'll get to down the road, we decided to start without money for a reason. But if you're trading Pokemon cards on, on the, the, the recess playground, you're engaging in a barter system because there's no money involved. That's right. It could even be something like um, there's a tattoo artist who says he'll give someone a free tattoo if they give him an air conditioning unit. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a great example. It's an it happens ex to all of us. Example you know. we used in college, actually, that I've always remembered for some reason and always thought, oh, <laughs> I'd give an AC system for a, a piece. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, pretty simple uh, concept. Um, if you look at the assignment trade and the barter system, uh, it just kind of goes about, it goes on about bartering goods and bartering services. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a final question. Is there a way for society to make trading easier than using a barter system? Think about what could, what might have value that we use as a placeholder. To, yeah, to get things, to trade in a market. What do we use to get things super easily in any market. Mm -hmm. And that'll help you get there. And I'll go ahead and kind of get into it since, you know, not everyone listens to the podcast, but we'll help you out here since you are listening. The answer, y'all, is money. Oh, finally. Money. So the answer is money. Money, right? Uh, no, but it, that's a lot of it. Oh, but no, but yes. Right. It's about choices. Right. So what you're telling me is we assign money value. And that money actually in, in real, real life doesn't necessarily have legitimate value. That's right. That gets us into our next topic, oh. right? Is that our money actually doesn't have much value. It's just a piece of cotton and some paper mixed in and all kinds of different things that go in there. But in the end of the day, it's just some stuff that's green. Yeah. Yeah, for survival, if uh, you're the last human being on earth, if you had all the money there was, that money doesn't actually do you any good. It's exactly right. There's no point to it. When everyone else is gone, there's no point to yeah. it. <laughs> Made up concept. Um, that's right. And so continuing into the next day or the next lesson, the second lesson for the week, we're going to be talking about something that's a little complicated. We're going to get into some theoretical things when it comes to economics. And this is called value. Um, and specifically... 
money as relates to value is kind of what we're going to get into because the barter system, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Long, but the barter system has two problems. You know what they are? Well, well um, I mean, I find I'm extremely offended because uh, <laughs> I taught this last year with you. We made these lessons <laughs> together. I have a college degree. How dare you say that? Um, I know what the two problems are. <laughs> the the exchange rate and the double coincidence of want. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially the exchange rate students is that the value of one good in a trade compared to another good may not be equal. So specifically, if we were going to trade, let's say eggs, but all you had was an extra boot. Yep. And you tried to give me a boot. I have no idea how many eggs a boot is worth. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We don't know. Eggs is a cuter. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Pokemon. It's a Pokemon day. Pokemon. (laughs) We don't know how much things are worth in comparison to other things. How many many cans of empty soda cans does it take to get a Ferrari long? How many empty soda cans oh, would you have to bring, Mike, my, to get a Ferrari? I guess it's a pretty big number, like a hundred or something. Yeah, I mean, I got that Ferrari in my garage. Yeah. How many soda cans did it cost you? Well, so uh, five. Oh. Five surge cans from the uh, 1990s. Okay. Well, those are very valuable. <laughs> those are scarce resources, so they're much <laughs> they're much more valuable. Basically, all joking aside. Um, money is the, is the placeholder of value, right? We're going to get to that in a second. Um, but, but I want to, I don't know. I think we're just confusing them. even more. <laughs> I think we are too. So two problems with the barter system. One, the exchange rate, how many eggs is a boot worth? The second one is the double coincidence of one, which is I have a Ferrari. You have empty soda cans. I don't care how many soda cans you give me. I'm not going to give you my Ferrari. You could give me every soda can on the planet. I'm not going to give it to you because yeah. I don't want it. Because maybe the value of an empty soda can is a penny. Well, if you have enough pennies to equal like half a million dollars, right? Nobody really mm-hmm. wants those because the, the value might be, might be equal. But what are you going to do with those soda cans? Right. right. Nothing. There's Nothing. no way to use them. Yeah. Right. So that um, is the second problem, which is the double coincidence of one. Both people need to want what the other has in the barter system. And because those two problems exist, the barter system falls apart. When you get into bigger societies where it's not just, you know, 20 people living in small villages together, but when you have two, three, four, a hundred, a thousand, right? It starts to get harder and harder to do a barter system. Yeah. Right. Because like, let's think about it. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, let's think about it. Me, me and you are teachers. If we wanted to get groceries from the grocery store, but all we had was our skill as a teacher, what do, we, what do I give somebody to get my groceries with my skill set? Worksheets. <laughs> like, here's some worksheets. <laughs> so basically, what we've learned is that Mr. Buck and I do not have useful skill sets for survival. <laughs> I mean, dude, if the zombie apocalypse happens... I don't know what we bring to the group, yeah, dude. We we could tell you about if we somehow survived, we could tell you what happened pretty well. I mean, yeah. But yeah. that would 
be dependent on us living anyway <laughs> um so y'all the cure the solution for this type of trade is what's called a medium of exchange right mm-hmm. because paper truly does not have a lot of value but we use a medium of exchange as a placeholder for value that's right yep yeah so and- a long time ago they invented coins and then paper money came about and that's basically what got rid of the barter system. Right. And that, then that's money, right? Money is that medium of exchange where I say, I have a skill as a teacher. I'll get money for my skill. And then I'll use that money to get some groceries. Right. Yeah. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be money. That's the medium of exchange. But we all agree that's what we want to use. Uh, some examples from history. We've had, uh, we've had examples of people using um, uh, beads, in certain cultures, uh, sugar, salt, shells, tobacco. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be these things. It's just whatever everyone agrees is going to be that thing in the middle that we'll all trade for that medium of exchange. Mm-hmm. And those medium of exchange, it, it, right. So we've already talked how it is, it has value and what value is, is the power of a good or service to command other goods or services in voluntary exchange. Right. 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 Meaning how much, how much medium of exchange, how much money does that thing require? How much money can you demand with that? And we'll get into demand and supply later, but how much can you demand for this thing that you're selling? Right. So again, zombie apocalypse, I don't know how much value me as a teacher is going to have. Right. Yeah. But in zombie apocalypse, if you're a professional hunter, your value is through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're a doctor or uh, an engineer, maybe. Yeah. Or a glen. A gardener, if you're good at growing crops. Yeah. If a you're farmer. really flexible and fast, you can climb up walls, maybe. Yeah. What else would we want in our zombie team? Oh, I'm definitely going to want someone that's an expert at flying helicopters. There always seems to be that. Yeah, you're right. That's definitely Pilot. a thing that always happens. Yeah. Pilot's a good call. You know? do, but do you think airplane pilots know how to fly helicopters? Um, no, not necessarily. In the same way that I know how to drive a car, I really don't know how to operate a semi-truck. Um, I <laughs> probably same. wouldn't be the best at doing that. So. Same principles, generally. Forwards, well, backwards, yeah, left, right. Know, just because it's on the road doesn't mean we know how to drive it. Just because <laughs> it's in the air doesn't mean they know how to fly it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Get one of those Da Vinci things that spins in a circle and you walk, you know? Um, yes, National Treasure uh, DVD. Yes, yes, that one. Yes, yeah. spin it in a circle while you walk around it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, value, right? It's the power of a good or service to command other goods or services in this exchange. Um, The example we have here kind of walks you through it, but we have it written in the PowerPoint. If someone buys a box of strawberries for $3, that means that their value, they value those strawberries more than the $3. Yep. And it goes down the line, right? You can read the PowerPoint, but then the store values the $3 more than the strawberries and the cashier values the work that they get paid more than sitting at home and it keeps an economy rolling right kind of all tying together here and in the in the last powerpoint i think we talked about um something called a surplus yeah and or no is this powerpoint we talked about a surplus and yeah i just want to touch on that real quick what a surplus is y'all if you have 
a lot of money. Your value, the, your money is less valuable to you. You can spend it more of it on, on different things. Does that make right. sense? A surplus means you have an abundance of something and you can have an abundance of anything. Um, I have an abundance at my house of cats. I love cats, <laughs> um, but they're, they're everywhere. Right. Um, not yeah. that they're less valuable to me, I guess, but you know, the more cats you have, the less value each cat has individually <laughs> to some degree. Right. We have, a, a I mean, so much trail mix. So peanuts in my house, no value. I don't want any more peanuts. Right? I love a peanut, but I love a peanut. I don't have any. Yeah. See, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, so in this scenario, well, I'm just going to stop there. That's good enough, right? It's good enough. Okay. <laughs> Let's now, talk about characteristics. <laughs> so what makes, yeah, what makes money money is it has to have five different special characteristics. And this is what, it doesn't matter what the type of money is, whether it's seashells, whether it's salt, whether it's dollar bills, right? They all have to have these five traits in common. The first is that all money has to be able to be broken down. It has to be divisible, meaning we can take a dollar and divide it into a hundred pennies or yeah. four quarters or 10 dimes. <clears throat> I almost said 60 pennies. So there's that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Time and money are different. <laughs> um, although I've, I've heard the opposite. Uh, so salt um, can be broken up by grains, right? You could yep. count out individual grains, although, my God, why would you do that? You, uh, but you could make it into pounds of weight, right? That's right. It also needs to be another characteristic. It needs to be portable, whatever type of money it is or, 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 or medium of exchange. It is. Yeah. So if you were to try and, um, let's say, trade rocks, right? which probably was done a little bit as in the cavemen days, maybe. Um, <clears throat> sure. Rocks are heavy, and rocks are pretty tough to move, and they're not the most portable things, right? So right. not maybe the best type of medium of exchange, or like an entire vehicle. <laughs> right, that would not be a good, a good, a good way to, make, or to use money, because you can't even really take, what, negative 10 with you or something? <laughs> That's so, right. Next up, all money has to be durable, meaning it has to withstand time and change, meaning I can put uh, money in a safe and come back in 20 years and it's still the same money, right? Uh, I wouldn't want to use uh, crates of milk. Yeah, because they're all going to go bad. And stink. Yeah, stinky. Yeah. Right? And we have these last two. We'll kind of go through them quick. Yeah. It has to be recognizable. Everyone has to agree what the money looks like, Right. It has to be something that everyone looks at and goes, oh, that's a dollar. Yep. And then lastly, and this should sound familiar, it has to be scarce. So it can't be growing on trees. If we used leaves as money, uh, that wouldn't be a very good resource because leaves are everywhere. Yep. And everybody, yeah, everybody would be billionaires. Yeah. And uh, Uh, those leaves would be worth less and less and less. So you want your resource to be something that is hard to obtain. Right. So that kind of wraps it up on value. And I'll be honest, value is a bit of a doozy of a lesson. There's a ton of stuff in here. And frankly, you could get like super philosophical with it even, right? Mm-hmm. You, you could like read philosophical books about economics and the, the role of money and value in the economic. Like you could get super deep on this. Yeah. The two concepts that I think 
are arguably the most important is understanding medium of exchange and what that is. Money. Money, right? That's yep. what it is yep. for us today. And value the yep. power that it has, that a, that a medium of exchange has, right? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So there you go. So what we're going to do, too, is we'll come back next week and we'll talk about value one day and we'll actually come back next week and take some time to break it down a little further because it's such a big chunk of a lesson that it's hard to it's hard to digest it is and it's very important you understand it we'll give you examples and then we'll probably also i'll ask you in class um to come up with examples later in the yeah. week too because that really yeah. shows how how much you know something is if you can give an example that's right um yep and I got to just give a quick shout out to Miss Matthews, who made these two PowerPoints, as indicated on the Google Slides. We really appreciate it. Yeah, so. especially. Yeah, I really appreciate her putting in. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. Anyway, <laughs> um, Long, do you have a sign off? We're going to get this thing wrapped up. We got the magical market. We have value this week. Um We'll come back next week and kind of break value down a little bit further. Long, do you have a you have a quip you want to hit us with? Um, y'all, I am barely able to keep my eyes open. <laughs> I know, man. I feel the same way. This power this, this podcast. Been, this is uh, this week has been so intense, and I don't really know why. I, I, I agree, just, but I am struggling. I got nothing. I got nothing for you, you students. And I got to say, I'm getting a lot of emails from kids who are saying, Hey, I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed. Like I'm with you. I'm with you there. So I get it. This is a tough time. Um, Do you have any advice? Yeah. Live in the present moment. You only have to worry about right now, this second, no amount of anxiety ever changed the future and no amount of guilt ever changed the past. Holy moly. Are you Buddha? Is it, are you, are you the Buddha? Am I the son (laughs) of two therapists? Yes, I am. Oh, well, that would probably be so the case. Do I know a lot about human behavior? Sure. Could I tell you specific like sciences and names about it? No. <laughs> <laughs> My advice this week is ride high in the saddle and wear your hat. Anyway, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Don't be all hat, no spurs. kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the one I'm looking for there. Whatever. It's all the same. All right. Stupid. <laughs> all right, kids. Uh, ask for help. <laughs> we'll see ya. Yep. Bye. <laughs>